This episode of Hallowed Histories is sponsored by Liberty Restaurant, located in the heart of the Norfolk Broads in Wroxham. While you're there, why not try one of the specials, like the barbecue rubbed pork belly? It comes with smoked corn, potato beignets, apple slaw, and smoked chew. And now today's episode. To, I mean, it's just killed me coming over here. But um, yeah, no, walking's great. I, that's what I, I I walked here from um, just off Deerham Road. It's a good two miles today, and oh, yeah. uh, I, I enjoyed that very yeah. much. Oh yeah, it was a lovely time. Just listen to podcasts and whatever. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. So yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I do when I'm when I was exercising. I have stuff in me here and listen to it as I'm walking around. And yeah, I live in the middle of the fens, so I can walk for miles without seeing another car. Sounds good. You know, yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really <laughs> quite nice. So today you want to talk about um, aliens, their craft, and their motives or reasons for being here. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to talk about, I mean, in our last interview we talked about um, the fact that there is such a variety of different encounters, some hostile, some benign, mm-hmm. some kind of personal, some kind of uh, in large groups. Yeah. And I was just wondering, I mean, that to me, that would seem to suggest that there are different people, aliens, coming to visit us. It's not yeah. just like this one type. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to talk about like the different variations, the different factions, perhaps. I don't know what you want to call them, species. Uh, whatever you like. Genuses type, something yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, as we did before, if you want to take the lead, and Great. I'll well, just wrap it when you're ready. And I suppose the most obvious one to start with is the one that we all know. It's the one that's... On the cover of all the books, it's the one that was in all the films, the, the, the large-eyed grey alien. Yeah, known as the greys. The greys, exactly. <laughs> Which uh, I think uh, was first coined by H.G. Wells. Yeah, they're, they're, the, the term has been around an awful long while now. But originally they, they called them little green men. <laughs> and, they, and, and, and they were referring to these guys, but they're actually grey by all accounts. And where, where, are, they, where are they from? Where, where, well, it depends who you listen to. This uh-huh. whole subject is a is a is a nest of stings around every <laughs> corner. Um, it's many people think that they come from Zeta Reticuli, which is a star cluster not that far away. It's in our backyard almost. Mm-hmm. Others believe that they are biological robots, and there are, there there is evidence to substantiate both those claims. Actually, but um, the biological robots. Um, a lot of people seem to think that they work for many other alien species, and they seem to be like worker bees almost. They don't have, they don't seem to have empathy. They they're very um, methodical in what they do, and it's believed they have very few um, organs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they certainly don't, um, because if, whether it's the skin or the jumpsuit that's skin tight, they don't appear to have any sexual organs. The ears, nose, and mouth is almost non-existent. It's believed they're biological robots, and um, that's interesting. So that would explain why there's such a perhaps a prolif- uh, proliferation of these particular mm. types if they're mm. being used as 
I don't know, proxies or surrogates for, for something else that's just kind of controlling them, yeah. yeah. But just to muddy the water, mm. there's believed to be around four to five different types of greys too. Okay. Um, some of them are little short guys, um, four foot tall, uh, but you've got two different types of those. Um, you've got some with the smooth, uh, almost cute um, insect-looking face. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you've got some with the craggy, almost evil-looking face sure, as sure. well. Then you've got um, the same, exact same body shape, but they're about five feet tall. There's another bunch that height, and then there's some really tall ones as well, which once again look exactly the same, but they're a lot taller. Well, that's very and they strange. seem to be like a, a hierarchy of, of power, whether they're biological robots or not, they they still seem to have these these tall guys seem to be yeah. in control of them to some extent. And I suppose yeah, it fits that kind of theory of the hive where you have the the drones and the mm. workers and kind of then the higher ups. I quite quite mm. like that. Mm. So uh, what, what is the what, what is the agenda? Because um, I think in popular culture, in perhaps public perception. These are the ones we always associate with uh, abductions, what are called yeah. abduc- abdu- I think um, Whitley Stryber, a writer I, I knew only from his fiction, mm-hmm. but uh, he's also, uh, I've only recently has written a, a lot of books about oh, his, his, uh, his experiences, mm. and he, he talks about the greys mm. uh, in the Communion, I think, the first book. Yes. And that, that, that seems like a, a terrifying encounter that he had there. Anybody who wants to research UFOs needs to start off more or less with communion. That's a good start, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know, again, but it seems to me, for the people that I've spoken to who have either have conscious recall or it's brought back through um, hypnotism and what have you, that it seems to be that there are other aliens there, either nearby or people who are abducted, if that's the right word to use, uh, they're perhaps on the ships or whatever you want to call them, the craft or whatever. Mm. Um, And there seems to be somebody over them, not necessarily a tall or grey. It seems to... Sometimes there's one of the uh, reptoid-type aliens are there, but more often than not, it seems to be um, what's commonly known as the Nordics, or some people call them the Pleiadians because they come from the Pleiades, um, and, and they look most like us. Mm. They are, you, you would pass them in the street, and they, they look almost identical. They're, they're blonde-haired, um, blue-eyed. Um, uh, they have longer fingers than us, but they're strikingly good-looking. Some of them have uh, red hair, and a very few have dark hair, but most of them are blonde-haired. Um, and there is, once again, a certain amount of evidence to substantiate this particular type uh, are there. However, with pop culture distorting everything and fakes and mm-hmm. people that just tell downright lies and what have you, it's, it's distorting everything, really. But it does seem like, to me, there is this Pleiadian race uh, along with uh, another humanoid race, which uh, are known as the tall, tall whites. The tall whites. Uh, they are very human looking, mm-hmm. but they—I I, I may have brushed upon this last this uh, last time I was here—but they have a very ashen looking face. They have long white hair. Uh, they're very tall. Um, they have very dark eyes, um, and they seem to have a, an aura around them. Um, and they're 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 distinctly different. 
Um, and you would you wouldn't miss them if they walked down the street. Sure, they, they couldn't pass breathe. for pass yeah. for one of us. They yes. couldn't kind of assimilate. Yeah, uh, but the Pleiadians certainly look just like us, uh, uh, allegedly. And, yeah, um, this is another one I've, I've kind of come across. Uh, what you refer to as the, the, the Aryans, mm-hmm. these kind of Nordic-looking yep. creatures. Yep. Now, uh, do you think that's like a deliberate attempt to kind of uh, pass as something that is kind of non-threatening, as something we kind of recognize or, yeah. or is that just like a no that's a distinct possibility that's certainly up there on my tick list it's mm. um it's a possibility i don't know I, I do know that they have the ability all of them to put false memories in people's in people's minds mm-hmm. um, and i know that through witnesses that i've i've talked about their so-called abductions or, or whatever you um and and they they have memories which are obviously false um, one one lady who was here last time with me, uh, her and her two children were taken up, and she saw one of her th- uh, third child who wasn't with her, who was a mother herself. Oh, wow. And because her two children went off with that person, she thought it was okay and safe to do so. Sure, sure. But that she wasn't with them when the three of them were taken up. Mm. So it was obviously what we call a screen memory, um, or a false memory, if you like. It was it was a me- it was an image put to her either by an an alien or whatever you want to call uh, this this being, this creature, this entity, um, to give a familiar a familiar face there, something she could trust, mm. and she wouldn't be fearful to let her children go off with that person because, as far as she knew, it was her it other was daughter. She knew her adult daughter. But did you kind of attribute any kind of? Um malign intent to that because it, it seems like a, a bit of trickery in a way it well it does um it does i believe that there is an agenda going on with some um of the species yeah and, the, the, um, the, what do you call it the reptilian the, yeah the, the, yeah the, the, these seem to have a pretty bad uh, yeah you seem to have a pretty bad rep from the research i've done these, these guys seem, yeah. seem seem pretty bad yeah. that's right but isn't it strange it's it's just the sort of creature we would love to hate and be fearful <laughs> of you know and, yeah. I, and i do wonder sometimes i really do you know don't get me wrong i might i i i am sure in my mind that this is going on it's just Working out what is real mm. and what is fiction or whatever it's um, and and that's just a question. In the same way as you mentioned, uh, the blondes, the the Nordics, and mm. what have you, a familiar face, angelic or looking almost. Sure. You know, you can trust these guys. It, yeah, it seems almost like kind of anti- the two are like antithesis <laughs> of each other. You got like one at the far end, like the angelic looking thing, then you got the more demonic looking thing. Yeah. There. It's weird how it kind of covers that spectrum, It, it, it does, but there are an awful amount of other types as well. There, there's no Daleks or or, 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 or balls of, of jelly or anything running around on ten legs. It's interesting. They are, they are all relatively humanoid. Yeah. They, they all yeah. have kind of the same characteristics, uh, arms and legs, heads, bodies, that kind of thing. Here again, depending on who you, you listen to and believe, if you listen to the Pleiadian... Um, uh, recordings and what have you, um, they believe we come from all come from the same stock, mm-hmm. and these creatures have gone out and they've done whatever they're doing, and 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 obviously they've evolved just like we 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 we, we sure. on this planet. Well, we've evolved. we evolved to our planetary conditions. It yeah. Kind of, yeah, gravity dictates things like our height and kind yes. of yeah, circumstances yeah. dictate our kind of. Absolutely. bodily function so yeah. yeah i mean that would explain why there are slight variations certainly yeah possibly so i i, I wish i had more definitive answers for you but unfortunately it, it's so difficult to ascertain what is true and, and what is it isn't 
what I tend to do, I research, I research the stuff um, uh, so deeply that that you tend to find trends mm. from around the world, and uh, when these, uh, you tend to find. Uh, for instance, the greys are seen all over the world, and yeah. when you look into it, they've been seen since prehistory. Um, prehistory, you yeah. Say. Well, um, I, I was in the states a while ago, and I, I went to um, uh, through the, an Indian reservation, and uh, in their um, belief system, they believe they were taken into these car uh, caves in, in in prehistory times by what people f- came from the stars in in loud gleaming. Uh, craft and these people they called the ant people mm. and uh, they took them to these caves and told them to stay there because there was a big um, um, uh, disaster going to happen across the world and they would tell them when they could come out and indeed this is all supposed to have happened but when you see the pictures of these ant people sure. they are the greys they look like the greys yeah and they've got this little uh, insect sort of looking face. Indeed, there is a type of alien called, um, well, some people call them insectoids, but more often than not today, they tend to call them um, manto- mantoids, mantoids because they look more like a mantis. Uh-huh. And here again, they're supposed to be very old and very knowing and in charge of lots of other types of aliens. Mm. Um the um, there's a researcher, an experiencer from New Zealand called Susie Hansen. I have a lot of time for her, a lot of respect um, um, for her, and she has conscious and subconscious memories of going up and seeing these things. Her husband has seen things with her, mm-hmm. and in in her early days when she was uh, a youngster, she would go up and go into classrooms to be taught things, um, and more often than not. In the corner, there would be a mantoid there, not doing or saying anything, but it was obvious the greys uh, were subservient to, see. to the, the mantoid. So it looks like this mantoid creature is probably some sort of uh, in some sort of overall control. But you think they have uh, like a, um, a benign plan for us? I mean, the, the idea of teaching people and uh, this kind of rescuing of tribes seems fairly... Nice. It seems mm. like a very decent mm. thing to do. So that's, that's kind of reassuring in a way, isn't it? To know that it, these, it um, is. The major, by far, the majority of people that I've interviewed who have any sort of memories, any sort of um, meeting with these beings, it's all been uh, a pretty okay meeting. Sure. Which is why I'm reluctant to use the word um, abduction, abduction because I think a lot of the time we're not abducted because we know where we're going. It's, mm-hmm. it's just it's been blanked off from our mind, I believe. Having said that, there are people who um, we've all heard of the, you know, the probing and all sure, the rest sure. of the stuff. But um, I think a lot of the time it's misconstrued and, and, and it's Hollywood putting a lot of this yeah. to us. Having said that, there are some accounts from around the world that aren't very nice. There's some islands, and don't ask me what they're called because I can't tell you offhand, <laughs> in, just off the coast of South America, and alien ships were going down and basically blasting them with laser-type weapons. Good God. Um, hundreds of people were, were injured. The, uh, it wasn't Peru, it was the other side, the other coast. Um, but the, the, the Air Force was brought in um, to investigate it all, and I think it was called Operation Saucer. 
operation people want to we'll look post at links to that on our, uh, on yeah, our, on our I site. Think, I think it was. And, uh, yeah, so they obviously, not not everything they do, uh, they're not all nice guys. Yeah. But, no, like I say, it's interesting that our experience of them kind of changes as well. Because going back to Whitley Stryber, like I say, Communion is, is quite a, a scary book, and mm. he's obviously quite... And unsure about what's really going on, but his later books, I understand, are more about this idea of us kind of living peacefully with aliens. It's more about the idea of like yeah. the promise and the potential that kind of thing untaps. Because yeah. the, the film, of, the film, the film that made a community. Did you see that one with Christopher Walken as uh, yes. Whitley Stryber? And I'm struggling for the name of it. But, yeah, me um, too. <laughs> I yes. you, but, um, but yeah, I mean that is a, that's a, that's a horror film. That's, yeah. that's terrifying. Yeah. There, there's, there's no two ways of looking at that. But yeah. he himself is kind of come to recognize the fact that it's quite a it can be quite an educational experience quite a quite a good experience really makes them oh. a better person so yes yeah i've not had many uh, people talking to me over 40 years mm. that's had bad experience experiences if they have conscious recall of of going up of which there has been many now mm. and not one person's had a bad experience mm. um some people have been chased by them or perceived to have been chased by sure. them. But it seems like most of the time uh, they're screen memories again. Um, one instance that happened between Cambridge and Newmarket in the 70s, uh, the young lady who uh, um, is still around and she recalls it very vividly, uh, she was being chased by a UFO on a, on a, ro on a road at 7 o'clock at night which would have been jammed, packed with vehicles. And on this night... There wasn't a single car on the on the road. <laughs> there, when she got to Newmarket, there were no no lights uh, in in the town. She saw no people, and it wasn't until she got home and she saw her father that everything seemed to go back to normal. But she'd lost two hours, mm. and I suspect that when she first saw the light, that's when she went up. The whole chase sequence, where there was no vehicles around, was a was a screen memory put in her mind by whoever they were. Sure. And when she saw her father, that was when she was dropped off, more or less. And, um, That's interesting. And everything in between, I believe, was a screen memory. So what is the purpose of these screen memories? Is it to give the experience some kind of linearity or...? I don't know. Some kind it, of familiarity? Or? I don't know. Whether, whether it's by accident or design, most people that go up see the craft either when they go up or when they come down, or both. Um, it may be an accident, or, or it may be uh, in as much as the whatever technology they use to do this beaming up, if you want to call it that, mm. uh, a side product of it, if you like, is the fact that they open themselves up, they can't hide themselves. Yeah. Or it could be design um, in as much as they want people to know where they went. There's a really famous case in America, Travis Walton, who was taken up. He saw the saucer both yes. when he went up and when he came down. There was a film about this one as well, Fire uh, in the Sky, I think Oh, it was yes, called. that's very Hollywood. That's and another very scary alien movie, isn't well, it? Well, yeah. I've, I've <laughs> met the man uh, on occasions. I've spoken to him about all this. Um, he lives in a little place called Snowflake. He still lives where he worked. And in actual fact, I'm hoping to go over and see him next year. Cool. Um, but he, he the, the, the movie was pretty accurate until he woke up on the spaceship and then everything <laughs> was Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the real shame is the real story that he tells is just as good, not mm -hmm. horrifying, mm -hmm. but just as good 
as, as the Hollywood version. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think on the film he wakes up half naked or naked, but that was, again, Hollywood. He had all his clothes on and everything. But, yeah. but what I'm saying is he, he saw the ship fly off and he saw it when he was taken as well, although he doesn't think he was taken now. He believes it was a mercy mission. He believes he was zapped as a, um, when this ship was taking off and they took him up, took him up to bring him round, basically, mm. and, and fix him up over a few days. Yeah. That's what he believes now mm. because, um, because the, he was zapped by this big blue flash which sent him 20 feet up in the air and, and he hit the ground like a, a rubber doll. <laughs> and um, He has produced uh, a really good documentary which I can't think uh, of the name of it at the moment. That's right. We'll post links to that on the website yeah, too. Yeah, but it's it's really really good, um, and that tells you what really happened. And there are images that show you what happened. And funnily enough, he was surrounded by Greys mm-hmm. who seemed to be working on him when he came round. He leapt off this table and he got hold of something and used it in a threatening manner mm. to them. They backed off and left him. <laughs> he goes into this other room where he turns around and sees um, what I've just been describing as a Nordic. Mm. Um, once again, the Nordic seems to be in control of the, the greys. It seems there's definitely a hierarchy here. It seems to be. Yeah. yeah. It really does. And it's fascinating, but to get to the, the real truth of what's going on is so, so difficult. It really yeah. is. And not only that, but because uh, we touched on this last time, the idea of there's also a great deal of um, deliberate disinformation absolutely. being kind of propagated through through yeah. well through groups like yours. Yeah, absolutely. Through the media, definitely yep. through the media. Yeah, and that, that's uh, how, how do you how do you sort the wheat from the chaff? I mean, you talked before about the idea of um, finding patterns in things like uh, global sightings, which I think is a pretty good uh, marker of. Um, Integrity and truth, yeah. I suppose. Like, yes. say, if yeah. two disconnected people have a similar experience, and yes. there's got to be something. And it to does that. happen, and and more than just two people. What is interesting, though, is you go to different parts of the world, and although they have these same experiences, but they have other beings or creatures or whatever that you've never heard of elsewhere. Mm. In South America, they have one, and I'm going to read it from a piece of paper because I've never pronounced this, uh, Chupacabras. El Chupacabra. Uh, I've yeah. heard the, the goat sucker. Yeah. And yeah. they have red eyes and mm-hmm. really weird looking, and, and they seem to be everywhere. But, of course, it could just be a myth, um, and, and people do love these fancy stories. Oh, yeah, it. I've heard conflicting things yeah. about El Chupacabra on some cryptozoological podcast. It's yeah. a fascinating story, though. So it's, you know, who knows what it all is, and... If you go further north, there's there's this Bigfoot or whatever you want to call the alleged bill, uh, uh, creature. But he's not just there. He's in Russia, mm. and there's supposed to be one even in the UK. Where he would find somewhere <laughs> to hide say, in the UK, I don't know. <laughs> probably in some dustbin somewhere. But it, no, I, I, I think when you can get a pattern from around the world, sure. and especially if some of them go back more than 100 years or so, yeah, if they then, have that then kind you, of you can think to yourself, do you know what, there's something in this. Yeah. I think that's about as good as you can get, really. But uh, so, is, is there a marker for a typical um, English experience? I mean, is this something we have in this country that seems to be a, a common theme? Um, the greys um, taking people, as we've just said, is not necessarily taking people. Mm-hmm. Um, the tall whites and the Nordics seem to be the most common in the UK. Those, those three, mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, by a long way. That's interesting. And everything else just fails off and they're right at the bottom and falls off. 
and but they're the three which are definitely most common. And your own experience, which you talked about last time, mm. I mean, you only saw a craft, I think. Was no, it? I uh, well, my conscious memory. Was yeah, that I went under regression. I'm quite skeptical about regression. Yes. Um, however, I think there, it's good to be. Yeah, pretty there was something about that. <laughs> given to me there, which really, really couldn't have been made up. Mm. And and so I do have a little bit of trust in it, but um, but in under my regression, I saw uh, uh, greys. Um, mm-hmm. I saw uh, um, a Nordic type or Ple- Pleiadian type. Mm-hmm. A couple of things that's really interesting. I described the inside of the craft, and I I, I wrote it all down. I've never showed anybody, um, and I've since put four people under regression. And they've all said the craft was exactly the same. The inside, inside. the interior of it. Um, okay, some of the things you you could possibly say, well, people would say that, like the walls were all white. Yeah. Well, you yeah. could probably think, well, yeah. Uh, the walls, uh, there was no, no straight walls. They were all curved. Well, if you're inside a saucer, that yeah. could perhaps <laughs> be like that. But there was fog inside and there was the walls were moving and it was all, and they gave off a light and they looked like, if, when you see like diesel oil or oil sitting on top of water and it seems to mm. have a life of its own almost, that's what the walls look like. And I've since heard several people saying that, and I haven't told anybody. That's interesting. Um, until recently, and now you, of course. But I haven't told anybody that. And I've got four people that have told me the same, the same looking wall. And that's the sort of thing that you'd find difficult to make up, really. Mm-hmm. You know, you can imagine the walls being white. Um, and, and round and all this, but um, yeah, so that was quite interesting. That I thought, no, that's fascinating. Mm. And you, like I say, you, you found that it correlates with a lot of the other experiences in your mm. group. They mm. all have these, and not just the group from around the world. I've heard other people talking about walls that appear to be moving, alive almost. Mm. They, they don't appear to be solid. They appear to be almost organic. Mm. Uh, and of course, you know, a lot of people think that some of these craft have a consciousness of the of their own mm-hmm. um, because they interface with the consciousness of the beings. Sure. Um, and that's how they can make such strange manoeuvres. Yeah. Because it, I, I, it just, somebody thinks, I want to go there, it goes there. <laughs> and it, they don't have to control. And I everybody like who's been inside these say how few controls there are. Sure. It's just a handful of buttons and a couple of little screens. So it done it. telepathically? Or? Well, I'm. that's what I'm thinking at the moment. It's, it would make it's sense. theory, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah. yeah, even modern technology is working to this point now where it's just going to be gesture or kind of just a thought and we can control technology. And it, we're even we're getting there now, aren't we? It's like that with phones. You can yeah. look at your phone and it switches on. It's incredible. Oh, yes. yeah, it's just oh, recognition. Yes. Yeah. Some of these scary things people put in their houses where you talk to them. And, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. Um, and it talks back. Yes. <laughs> yeah, people even want their own spies in the house for them. So it's bizarre, it's, isn't it's nice. it? But, of course, the craft themselves uh, are just as interesting as the as the creatures because there seems to be, once again, some really, there's hand, a handful of very common craft uh, that these creatures appear to be, be using. Uh, and then there's hundreds of different types of other craft which only rarely get mentioned. And is that specific for the type of alien? Because, I mean, what, what, uh, do, the, do the greys, for example, do they have a similar craft in each story? Is there yeah. similarities between each one? It's difficult to say, um, but I would guess that the the triangle-type craft, of which I think some are black... um, um, uh, Sorry, they're they're secret aircraft. 
but some are alien. Mm. And the saucers, the greys tend to be in both of those. Okay. Um, but there's not so much evidence in, uh, for some of the other types of craft like the like the sausage or cigar shaped mm -hmm. craft, but there's certainly beings inside them, inside them. Um, and and they they used to be seen a lot more than they do now, although we have had a witness see one, we've had two witnesses within the last year see a, a cigar shaped mm -hmm. object, and one was quite close. Um, but they seem to be the, 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 the main types. Um, uh, and of course, the orbs, which one hears about an awful amount in the Second World War, yeah. Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. Um, yeah. Prior to that, it, uh, in the Middle Ages, you would see these ball lightning. It was called. Mm -hmm. Came down to the ground and, sure. and what have you. Now, whether it's a natural phenomenon um, or not, I don't know. But yeah, we've looked into ball lightning ourselves because it, it touched on a lot of other aspects yeah. of folklore. And, to be honest, it seems like more of a scientific folklore than anything else. It's kind yeah. of impossible to prove or disprove or recreate. Yeah. And uh, Some people think it's plasma. and uh, yeah. but I'm not so sure. And even if it is, some of them are definitely controlled. I think they are drones of some kind. Mm -hmm. And they seem to appear from a few inches across, like about six to eight inches across, right up to about 15 to 20 feet across. And we've had them in East Anglia mm -hmm. of all those size, sizes, and quite a number of them. It's by far the most common sighting we have are orbs. Unfortunately now, there appears to be almost a religion building up. Um, and here again, I have, I'm very cynical really. I don't, mm -hmm. I think some of this has been inspired by, by another party, but there seems to be a religion building up over small orbs that are considered to be uh, fairies, angels, or spirits. Yes. And most people see these in their cameras. Yeah. Now, the real shame is that if anybody just picked up a decent camera, went to a camera club, or picked up a decent book, you would find that there are lens anomalies that produce these with specks of dust um, or minute particles in water, and when you use a flash, mm -hmm. it illuminates this little speck. Um, I've actually conducted an experiment and reproduced it exactly as these people <laughs> bring up on the internet. Now, I will emphasize, because I always do this because I get lots of hate mail if I don't, uh, that I'm not saying everyone that's inside a camera, <laughs> every orb that's seen like that is dust particles. Sure. Um, but at least some of them. It's certainly something to consider. Yeah. It is really, yeah. Absolutely. And the other one is the flat earth people. Ah, um, yeah. Again, another group who've achieved a great deal of prominence in the past uh, couple of years. Exactly. Due to some just some, some prominent spokespeople coming out yeah. on, on, uh, Four on years, social media as flat earthers. Four years ago, you hardly heard of flat earth or these orbs. Mm. And it seems to be everywhere now. Um, so much so, my son was at a meeting um, where there was 20 people and a very well-known speaker. Um, and he said it as it was. He told them about the experiment we conducted under controlled conditions. Sure. And uh, he thought he was going to be lynched. <laughs> Good God. It was, they was quite venomous. <laughs> people, quite, people love their orbs. Well, they are. People, um, people love their orbs, but not well, their, not their well, orb it, earth. Well, there you are. But the problem <laughs> is it, it dirties the water mm. for people trying to find out real information about UFOs and what have you. And, and they just bunch us all with the, and, say, and just call us the tin hat brigade and, yeah. uh, or tin foil hat and what have you. Oh, yeah. um, and I've got a sense of humor like anybody else. But the problem is 
then a lot of people won't take you seriously because they bunched you all together. Exactly. No, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I was I was at the side of the Mediterranean just two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I watched ships going over what they would perceive the edge of the earth, I guess. Mm. But you could see them going over the, the curvature of the True. earth, you see. And some simple simple arithmetic or or, or, or or some research should be able to tell them that this is not a flat earth. It's beyond the grasp for most people, I'm afraid. <laughs> so before we uh, sign off, Tony, um, thank you for coming in. Um, there was something I wanted to kind of talk about last time. Uh, if somebody, listening to this, if they see something, what do they do? If you see what you perceive to be a UFO, what can they do? Well, on, on our website, there there is a, a page there where they can just fill their own information in. They don't have to leave a name, address, or anything else if they don't want. It would be nice for us to be able to go and talk to them, mm-hmm. but we would keep their names and addresses and, and personal details uh, uh, secret, confidential. Um, but they can email us as well, and our details are all on the website. We would love to just log the, the, the sighting sure. down and try and investigate it because... Unfortunately, a huge proportion are mistaken identity. But we will treat everyone seriously. Excellent. And so uh, you've got a meeting coming up Monday the 15th of October. Yes. So this is with Mr. Paul Collin. The yeah. title is UFOs, Aliens and High Strangeness, A Personal Perspective. Should be very interesting. And where is this taking place? It's in Newmarket at the St. Agnes um, Church Hall, which yep. is On Berry Road. Berry Road, Absolutely. Yes. It starts at 730 uh, it goes on to 9.45. There is a £4 entrance fee payable at the door. Mm-hmm. For any more details, I suppose they can email you at tony at eaufo.co.uk. Absolutely. Or check out the website at yeah. uh, www.eaufo.co.uk. That's great. Thank you very much, Tony. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Bye.